this, I think, was a great ethics seminar. A lot of wonderful things to think about. Right, what is wrong, who's to say, really, in the end? I mean, because it is unknowable. Beautiful campus of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am the Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Master <laughs> Marcus Zill. Oh, Winds of fate have blown on my destiny, but I will never forget you. You are the love of my life. We are back at it today in the Student Union. We've got a real treat for you all the way from Iron Mountain, Michigan. It is Heather Roosh. <laughs> <laughs> or, as people normally it. say it, Roosh. <laughs> Roosh. But why say hey, Roosh when you can say Roosh? Roosh. Where where is where is Iron Mountain and how big is this mountain? Right, right. Well, Iron Mountain, <laughs> Iron Mountain is up in the UP of Michigan, and um, it's not a big mountain, as far as I know. I don't know that there actually is an Iron Mountain anymore. There are a lot of mountains that were used for mining, though, way back in the day. So um, that kind of is our claim to fame: pasties and iron mines and things like that. So I had you on. A year ago, and we talked about uh, kind of your your backstory. I'm going to re- try to replay that next week so people can hear that once again because your story is great. But I brought you on today because I wanted to talk about your new book that's coming out <laughs> called Woo-hoo! "Sexuality Mentality: Creating a Culture of Biblical Integrity." So right. <clears throat> you decided to write a book about sex. <laughs> how, so, how did you yes. go? How did this come about? Isn't that crazy? So um, I know I, I I wonder sometimes if people if people think to themselves, does she want to be the sex lady? Um, when I was teaching absence education at, at my kids Lutheran schools for several years, um, they that's who I was. I was the sex lady. Um, no, I did not set out to be this. Um, this is complete divine intervention, and to be honest, it's it's been a great joy. Um, I I could never imagine who who as a kid grows up and says that they're going to do this for a living, um, but it really has been a great ministry, and um, and it has flowed right out of my life issues work, um, working with crisis pregnancy centers and life affirming ministries. So um, the reason this book came about was. In 2016, I was speaking at um, the National Youth Gathering, and I was actually doing the only girls-only sessions at the entire youth gathering. And um, the sessions were titled Living Black and White in a World of Fifty Shades. Um, So we had a fun, clever play on some of the, the things that were happening in the culture at that time. You know, that were risque and talking about sex and sexuality, relationships and dating and how God fits into all of this. Um, so after the youth gathering, one of the editors from Concordia Publishing House gave me a call and we started talking about just some different I- ideas for a book that they had in mind. 
wondering if I would contribute to something. Could I, you know, collaborate on something? And at that point, um, through those conversations, we kind of together developed this idea that, wow, you know, there's a book to be written here. And um, I had always said, I wish someone would write a book that just gives me God's Famous last for... words. Somebody yeah, ought to do this. Really? <laughs> Isn't it truly? Yes, indeed. Wouldn't somebody just write a book and give me in one simple little book, tell me what, what does God want from me? What does he, how does he want me to live my life? How does he want me to relate to other people? You know, and the irony of that is we have the Bible, which is an amazing tool. It is the compass for our lives. And yet I know for myself, it was hard to, to get in there and find, um, find God's intention specifically for relationships and sex, um, you know, all in a nutshell, I guess, so to speak. So the, the, the intention of this book, you know, we use language like creating a culture of biblical sexual integrity um, because, and, and like a, the word mentality, it's a sexuality mentality because the reality is we have been ignorant for so many years as to what God's intentions are and what they were when he first created sex. He is the creator of all things and sex being one of those primary things, um, you know, Satan seeks to devour us. And, and if he can devour our relationships, if he can isolate us and set us aside and make us feel as though we are alone in the world, um, then he has done his job. Then life is hopeless. And when I look at something, you know, all across the country, as I speak with youth, there is a hopelessness. There is, you know, this individuality, um, they're set apart. They're pulled away from the group and they're searching for true love. They want healthy marriages. They want thriving families. You know, it, it, you look at the young boys that have been labeled, you know, as as being players and not interested in anything um, family oriented or stable. And yet I look at the three, four and five year olds in the preschool classrooms who are pretending that they're the daddies and they're, you know, talking about giving their name to the next, to their wives and to their, their children and creating a legacy. And I, I look at the teenagers that are speaking that same truth when you're one-on-one -on -one with them, but they just don't know how to find it. Um, and so at, at that point then, as I was teaching absence education, you know, it started to dawn on me very clearly that we are sending our kids out into the world um, completely unequipped with the tools that they need to maneuver relationship and and especially sexual relationships they're they're having to wing it out there on their own without no with without guidance from us and unfortunately i know i'm being kind of long-winded but unfortunately what's happened now is we've seen generations this has been happening now through sexual propaganda in our culture this has been happening for generations now so unfortunately what we're what, what affected one generation of, of, of people not understanding what God's intentions are for relationships and for sex well, has now gone us, into... Tell us a little bit more about this. this your first mm -hmm. chapter of your book is all about propaganda. And I know it's, it'd be really yeah. easy for us to dive into. You cover teens and homosexuality and pornography and uh, self-pleasuring and some of these types of things. And, you know, it's really easy to kind of bring up those top, well, not easy to bring up those topics. But, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's an easy but conversation, we're to, but we're trying to set the, topics, yeah. this is a family program. We're trying to set the foundation mm -hmm. here. 
Um, you know, tell yeah. us a little bit of background about this propaganda and how we've gotten to this point. Well, here's okay. Well, this I'll start with this with with this little analogy. If we saw, if any of us saw a child reaching for a hot stove, we would stop them, right? We would stop them from reaching to touch the hot stove and getting burned. And the reason that we would stop them is because we know through our own experiences that it will hurt them. Mm-hmm. And that that is timeless. That doesn't change. And I, and I, and I, I bring that up because sexual integrity is the same way. God created sex to, um, you know, to sex within the confines of marriage to be the guide that protects us because he knew something that he created to be awesome and amazing. And it is within the context that he created it for. He knew that Satan would t- would twist it and distort it into something that's dangerous and destructive. Um, and so when I talk about propaganda, you know, all throughout the the last century, there has been this push of consumerism and this push of sexual propaganda in our culture that we don't even we don't even realize it has infiltrated us so deeply. And I know that sounds really fanatical and really bizarre, but it really takes just intentionally focusing in on it for a second for us to realize how deeply integrated our culture has become has become with sexual propaganda. Things such as look at consumerism um everything is based around sex and sex is what sells you can't even you can't, um, even, we, uh, you can't even tease a hamburger on a no. commercial during a football game without sexualizing it somehow no Let, and let's talk about let's talk about the um the actors the the singers I am appalled every time I listen to the radio and the sexual content that our kids are exposed to. And, you know, half the time your kids are singing along with it. They don't even realize the words that they're singing. But we as adults, when I stop and listen to the words, it's it makes me blush. It's terrible. It's terrifying. I mean, those are the kinds of things that that we have degraded down to the level now where they have gone from something that's precious and intimate between a husband and wife to something that is just dirty and um and filthy and casual so casual that you cannot then separate that act from the value of a person does does that make sense you know one of the things that i always say is you know in our culture we have now we've we've moved to the level where we treat human human life as if it's no more valuable than a 25 cent bouncy ball in the grocery store line it's really fun to play with until it's not anymore hmm. and then we dispose of it and that is and then you get that a new ball is a, and you get a new ball exactly and unfortunately that is the consequence of sexual propaganda in our culture because this isn't just something maybe something that started off as just selling a few beers or you know selling a few commercials has now grown into an infiltration it's created a culture of sexuality um and and as a christian i can i can stand back and i can say wow i need to have discernment i need to i need to put on my jesus goggles um a little cliche there for you but really it's cheesy but it's true you got to look at this stuff through the word of god and filter it because at the end of the day i i i can see the progression of where something that started off as as innocent and insignificant satan has now just rolled and created this giant uh culmination of 
destruction of human life and destruction of relationship. And now we take sex and human life as, you know, like I said, which is so casually, so casually. And yet I look at the children, the youth that I see all across the country, and what are they looking for? The number one thing, true love. How will I know when it's true love? Why do I feel so empty? Why do I feel so worthless? Why do I feel so dark? And it's because these kids are starved for relationship. Um, and, and I, you know, when we're talking about college campuses, I, you know, college ministry, um, you know, it, it looks very similar. Um, we have kids that are searching for true relationship and, and I think they're really well-intended, awesome kids that just don't know where to find it or how to find it. And you know, it's, um, fascinating to me that, that we live in a world, it, well, we have all this propaganda, um, and it clearly is there. We, well, we have, I... we, do we not have to uphold, you know, and people are looking for what is God's will for me? What, what does God want for me to have in terms of my relationships? Don't we have to uphold what God intended this to be in the first place? Well, I think we absolutely do, but don't we have to know what we're upholding? first sure right and i think that's absolutely but most 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 young the, people start you know. with questions this is what i hear all the time heather you know you get asked this all the time well what what and and i don't mean to sound crass for our listeners out there i'm no. trying really hard to not to not, to not sound <laughs> crass but when when some you know i can't count how many times i've been asked either in youth ministry or as a longtime campus pastor that while people are while young people are yearning for these positive true relationships they're still asking the questions that the world would want them to ask in the context of and it goes something like this so what's the what's the most that I can do and still be fulfilling god in, and not doing something that would be sinful with another person and it seems to me yeah. that i would always tend take them back i'd take them back to the garden of eden of what god meant marriage and sexuality to be about and for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my question, it, and I love, I love hearing you say that because it's, it's such an affirmation for me. The number one question that I get asked, um, you know, by teens as well, when I'm out there is how far is too far? Right. Well, there, that would have been, question, that would have been the concise yeah. way of saying what I said much yeah. longer. <laughs> yeah. But, but what an affirmation. I think youth, youth leaders and parents and teachers, educators, pastors all across the country can say, the same thing they would agree with us and and i my my question always is back to them to whom how far is too far for who hmm. for you for your boyfriend for your parents for um your teachers for who to who for who and and when it comes that then brings you back to this wonderful conversation that you can you can ground them in and that is well what is your worldview i'm a christian I subscribe to a Christian worldview. In that case, if you're a Christian, we need to go back to the Word of God. We need to see what God's Word says about sexuality and relationships and how far is too far. And God says that sex is, he created sex to be within the confines of marriage. Um, and that all of the sexual attributes that contribute to, that, that contribute to the temptation these kids are facing, you know, the, the bodies, the, you know, the sexuality, the lust, all of those things within the context of marriage, 
a healthy marriage are beautiful things that keep a husband and wife together and in love and procreating for years and years and years of the rest of their lives. Well, the, script, outside, the scriptures, context, the scriptures yeah. speak to, in the context of marriage, of clinging to your spouse, of knowing, of knowledge, of knowing yeah. your spouse. That's a totally different, you know, different thing than, you know, what can I get out of this? Well, and how how much truer, how much realer does that get? Um, I mean, we have a God, a relational God that's created us to be in relationship with him. And then he has first and foremost, and then he has created us to be in relationship with each other. There is nowhere in the world we can go where we we will not have to be. It will not be required of us to be in relationship with somebody else. Hmm. And the irony about the culture that we're living in right now is that it's all about what's good for me. You know, what makes me happy? Do what makes me feel good. Um, and 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 our kids have bought into that. And actually, I think many of us as Christians even have bought into that because it sounds good. You know, what's good? Do what your heart tells you to. That sounds good, right? No, my heart is black and wicked and full of sin. I need to repent of that every day. But if we can look at, at, at what God's creation or what God's intention was in creating um, relationship and, and the fact that all of our all of our characteristics and talents and abilities, all the things that make us unique, this diversity, if you will, um, all of those things God has created so that we can live in relationship with those around us in a true, deep, honorable relationship. And that, that goes beyond a, a, a romantic relationship that goes into every relationship that you have in your life. And the very Um, first one, the very first relationship that we get to see, and God tells us about this, uh, the relationship of man and woman is a picture window um, of what what his relationship is in Christ with us as the body of Christ. So if we get this one wrong, we get everything wrong in terms of relationships. But if we get it right... You know, you show me a healthy marriage and I'll show you a lot of healthy relationships that kind of spin off of it, if you will. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think when we if we can communicate that to our families, if we can give our parents and our teachers and our pastors a way to communicate that um, to the generations that continue to come. I think we've just had we've had a spell here um, for, for almost a decade where we've just been slipping it's been slipping with each decade that went by and um and i think that i think that it's time for us to open up this conversation it's a really god's plans and intentions for um sex and for our relationships are really very simple um and it it doesn't have to be a big deal I think the more that we create this culture of biblical integrity, the more it's going to pick up and because people are searching for it. They want the answers. They want to know. Um, and, and so it's so important that we empower one another, that we learn from each other, and we continue to spread the word so that we create this culture. Oh, um, and we take it back. We take back this, this sexuality. We take it back, and we show people that there is more. There's more. That's that's the greatest devastation is that our kids think that this is it. This casual sex lifestyle where you're just searching and you and everything is is disposable and um, superficial. 
they think this is it. And and now we're at this place where there's so much hopelessness and um, I'm going to be I'm going to be so, an op- I'm going to be an optimist for a moment. <clears throat> I okay, actually I actually okay. see this changing a little bit, at least among some of our LCMS young people. I I have seen, and I don't have any statistics for it, but if I did, <laughs> they'd agree with me. And <laughs> that I see young people, I see them getting married a little earlier. You know, it used to be, mm-hmm. you know, the whole sexual revolution and the pill and all, you know, you got to wait till yeah. you can kind of get your careers all in order and everything in check and everything perfect. People yeah. are getting married later and later and later, 26, 27, 28, yeah. 30, 32 years old, and they're putting off mm-hmm. having kids. Well, I got to tell you what, I am seeing younger people getting that should get married that really honestly yeah. should getting married and yeah. they're not saying, well, we're going to wait till we have everything figured out in our life to even think about starting families. In fact, I just read an article. Um, it was kind of a play. I, I, I'm not trying to bring up politics, but it was make America <laughs> mate again was the name of it. I don't know if you saw this. It was in the papers today. It, no. And the point is, is that the birth rate is starting to ever so slowly creep back up. Yeah. And I think it's because young people are saying we've seen how our parents generation and others before us have kind of screwed this up and they actually want to do something. It's kind of rebellious and cutting edge to, I think, go and search and find this biblical integrity and take a look at this original diversity between man and woman and the importance of family. I, I, I love your optimism, Marcus. I do. And I think there are a lot of amazing families and amazing kids out there who are capturing this and grabbing onto it and sharing it. And um, and I think we can continue to do more of that. And I'm proud of those people. I, I also then playing devil's advocate will also flip to the other side. I don't want to be the, you know, the bearer of all things doom and gloom. I want to just be real about about the oh, situation. I, I agree. In, you know? Don't get me wrong. I'm course. just saying it ever so, yeah. ever so I, slightly. Hey, we got to give, no, no, we got to give props because you're right. It's very easy to focus on the negative sides of this argument and, and you're in, and instead just ignore or look past those who are really doing it and they're doing it really well. Um, that being said, you know, I look at 80% of youth of babies born in the United States are born to single moms. Uh-huh. So now, and abortion rates are going down. Thank, thanks be to God. Abortion rates are on the decline. However, the amount of birth, live births for single parents and the amount of children being raised in single parent homes continues to rise. Mm. Um, and again, we look at the lack of value for marriage. Um, and you know, this mentality that the guys don't have to stick around and that it's the mom's job. And, and, and that's where I, in the very beginning of the program, I, I referenced the stereotype that, that, the, that guys, men don't want stability, don't want a family that they just want to casual sex is somehow more important than them. And, and I want to debunk that. I think we need to equip these guys because I, we we see the we see amazing kids who grow up, up to be hurting men, and for many different reasons. You know, when we're talking about the pornography issues and the sexual propaganda that that is actively seeking after after men because men are more visually stimulated than women are. Um, they're more of a target for for things like pornography. When I look at that, I my my heart breaks for them because those hurting men were wonderful little little boys at one point 
with big dreams. And all somewhere along the way, they bought into the propaganda. They brought into the bought into the lie. And 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 that's the passion that spurs us to continue. That's the passion that drives this book, writing this book. We need to equip these kids so that they know because they we all want to know. We all want to talk more about this. Do you know these are conversations we have to have? I when is it available and uh, when is it coming out and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just thank you right back. Um, you are always just so much fun to to sit and chat with, Marcus, and I sure appreciate being at the Student Union with you. Every time that you've asked me, I've just been really excited about that. So thank you for everything you're doing oh, you're as well. Um, you, you're just a, a, a great mentor to many. I know that. Sexuality Mentality, Creating a Culture of Biblical Integrity comes out on September 4th. It is avail- available for pre-order right now through... Um, CPH and um, also on Amazon um, as well. So we're excited to get this out, share this and pass the word along. Stay in touch with us um, on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter. Heather Roosh. Heather Roosh. Heather Roosh and the sexuality mentality. Okay. Great to have you with us, Heather. I hope it does well. That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Witness, January 2nd through 5th in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Check it out at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.